the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to A Conversation with Juan O'Saven, Part 2. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Wednesday, May 17th in the year 2023. Tonight we have part two of the interview with Juan Osaban, which I think you'll enjoy as much as last night. Very based very level and very solid in some of the perspectives he provides. And I think some good things to really think about, especially as we look at the complexities of this fight and just what it has taken for us to get this far and also an indication of how much farther we have to go. Now, Patriots, before we begin, we have a new sponsor for this show I want to highlight, a wonderful company. And this is cbdistillery.com, cbdistillery.com. Their products are fantastic. And I'm one who is a huge supporter of hemp, to be clear, and that's one of the great byproducts. CBD oil is one of the great byproducts of hemp. Hemp is legal in all 50 states, by the way, to grow. It has so many uses, including fiber, including oil, the alternatives for fuel, and especially CBD oil. Now, CBD oil is one of those things as we talk about getting closer to God and what he intended for us to use for our body to keep us healthy and strong. It's one of these amazing products you need to have in your medical kit. And CBD, CBD Distillery has a range of products from sleep aids to pain, pain um, support and just general good health and mental clarity. I've been using one of their products lately, just having great support, great effects with it, especially with some of this pain I've had since I strained my back and lower, uh, lower hip. And it's been really impressive how quickly that stepped in. So I'd really encourage you to check them out. If you head on over to CBD, or I'm sorry, CB Distillery, cbdistillery.com, you're going to save 20% when you use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. The link is below every podcast. Check it out. I think you'll be very happy with the quality of the product I have been and just a super good company to work with. So again, cbdistillery.com, promo code BARDS. Patriots, one of the things in this time is the, that we're dealing with is the level and magnitude of corruption that is everywhere right now. It's crazy. So there's somebody that I want to highlight before we get going tonight, and that's his name is Noam Chomsky, which you've probably heard of, who's become a flaming left pain in the butt for most of the world. And it's, just, it's interesting of how much of a Trump hater he was. It's interesting a lot of things about him, especially since he wasn't that way when he began. One of the things we've talked about a lot with the left is that the left at one point was on the right track. Noam Chomsky was one of these people. In his 1988 book calling man, called Manufacturing Consent, The Political Economy of the Mass Media, Noam Chomsky laid out how the media was creating echo chambers. He was using headlines that he was researching. This is well before the depths of the internet that we have today. He would look at headlines that were printed of the same story all around the country, all around the world, and he would compare how stories were created. And he started to put together the model very clearly in that book of how corporate media 
owned by the corporate powers to be, was creating their agreement to war and and manipulating the public. So you would expect that as a person like that moves forward, you would think that he would be on the right side of a movement that was trying to open people's eyes to getting awakening and understanding where the real threat came from. But, but, but he didn't do that. Instead, he became flaming left. He became aggressively anti-Trump. And it didn't make sense, though we can all figure he probably sucked down the Kool-Aid of the progressive agenda. Well, it gets a little better. And here it is. In a headline today in Zero Heads, Jeffrey Epstein moved $270,000 for Noam Chomsky. See, now you see the ties. Noam Chomsky didn't just have his money moved. I guarantee there was a whole lot more to that in the bargain he cut with Jeffrey Epstein. And this is how they control people. They have been infiltrating this system through key players, and ultimately we know where Jeffrey Epstein is about. It's always about children, it's always about entrapment, and it's always about Epstein Island and the pleasures, the dark pleasures as these sick people have. And I wouldn't put Noam Chomsky out of the orbit of any of that. So we start to really realize what we're dealing with here, which is a one, we have a pedophile class of people. And two, we have a group of people that are weak and they're succumbing to their most dark and evil desires as they're offered. You're going to hear a lot as we go forward of people saying they were blackmailed or they were leveraged. There will be a few in that category where that might be true. And that might be true that they were set up. Perhaps they were drugged. They woke up with a child put in their bed later with photographs taken of them. And they were told that if they dare speak out against what they would be asked, that their lives and their careers were ruined. But even at that juncture, those people made a choice to pursue power and think that they would be able to overcome that level of blackmail without just coming forward and telling the world the truth. But those are a small few. There's a majority of these people that want you to believe that they're blackmailed or leveraged. But in fact, what they really are is they were fulfilling their desires that they didn't want anybody to know about. And so they end up being the hand puppets of the elite. This is a sick class of people that is ruling this world. And you're going to, as we go through these two interviews with Juan, he's made the reference as he did last night, the Handshake Club. It's an important perspective to understand. We're not getting anywhere in this elite circle unless you understand their inner circle doings and, and comings and goings. Last night, Juan spoke about Admiral Rogers as one of the great heroes of this war, and I completely agree. And the framing that he put on that was extremely important. The idea that Rogers, who is ahead of the NSA, the highest, most powerful agency in the world to monitor and spy on people, had fooled these people to make them believe that he was actually one of their own. And then on that critical moment, once Trump was confirmed and he was going to be president, he left his office, took the paperwork with him, didn't tell anybody where he was going to go, and he arrived at Trump Tower to reveal to President Trump that they were spying on him. They were monitoring him even in his skiff, which is a secured compartmentalized information space. So you understand now that as we start to paint this picture, there are a lot of people embedded here that have been doing good things whose backgrounds are going to be pretty shaky. But they are doing the right thing in moving the country back towards a direction of getting us free. But we have a long ways to go. And that's something that's going to be very difficult for people to comprehend at certain points. It gets frustrating because we, when we're sitting over here on this other side and we're looking at, the, at where truth is and we're opening our minds more and more to whatever truth it is, bring it, we're ready for it. There's a lot of people that aren't ready for that yet. They aren't ready to live sovereign. 
They aren't ready to live free. They've lived so long as slaves, they don't even know what that looks like. So we have a little bit of a travel to do, and it's going to take a little bit of time. But the fight is happening on two levels. And there's no question that there are things going up in the ether that we don't have any control over. And you're going to hear about some of those tonight. And it's a very measured information piece that Juan talks about tonight and some of what he sees as potential tribunals, but why we're also not hearing about it. And we really aren't. But these are the slow movings of justice that in the end of the day, the wheels of justice move slow, but they grind fine. And as they grind fine, things are chewed up and they are completely resolved and made right as we move forward. It's hard to understand that. All of us see it because we are down in the trenches and we're not seeing that level. And that's where our fight is most active. If we aren't out here in front every day pushing for truth to wake up the commoner, that the normie, as we might say, we aren't going to help move this country back because no, little, no high-level operation is going to restore this nation. It's going to take the will of the people to do it. And that's a lot of where our effort continues to be the most important part of this fight as we continue to use truth and information to wake people up and most importantly, get people back on that solid rock of faith. If we don't get them there, their ability to fall back into the moral, immoral traps is going to happen almost instantaneously. They have no basis to be strong. They have no way to build an armor around themselves, and they will, especially from a spiritual point of view, become under heavier attack the minute that they try to step out from that control of what we call the matrix. Uh, patriots, in this critical time as well, it is very important that we understand the criticality of our own world. Things are starting to fall apart, and they're happening quickly. And as they do, a lot of what we become accustomed to is not going to be there. One of those things is law enforcement. We're going to have to come together as communities. We're going to have to start working together as communities and understanding that we have to rely on one another, not outsourcing our own security. But do please make sure that you keep up a good security profile, a defense plan for your home, and your skills up. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. Again. 10% using your promo code BARDS plus free shipping when you go to itargetpro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with itargetpro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS. So, Patriots, don't forget, BARDS Fest tickets are on sale June 7th to June 10th. It's going to be a great festival. We're going to have the full detailed schedule up by Friday 
So you can see what's going on day by day. A lot of stuff happening, great speakers coming in. It's going to be worthy to be there. It will also be live stream online for those of you that can attend. Really encourage you to be there and be part of this. It's going to be the great first step, and we're already planning for the fall for the next consecutive events. And also, don't forget, we've got some cool Bart's swag starting up. We've got T-shirts are on sale. Don't forget about that. And we're going to have some new designs coming up next week. All right, Patriots, without further ado, let's dig in. We've got a great interview tonight, part two with Wano Sabin. Here we go. It is pretty evident, and I've talked a lot about this on the show, is as much as what we see, we, we know that we're in a major deception war. And that's both sides. And I think a lot of this is basically goes back to what you said before, which is the Insurrection Act example. They're really diffusing a well-integrated bomb. And I, I, I think in a true intelligence sense, like you said, it's going to take that deep covert element to diffuse this thing step by step, and it leaves the public in a real uh, unknowing place, and which often and very frequently and increasingly in frequency now is leading to some really negative rabbit trails and rabbit holes of not being able to trust anybody. And I, and I will tell you, honestly, I mean, I think when it comes to the position of the government, and I, I kind of hold this line pretty rigidly, is trust no one at this point in time and even question your military because of the amount of corruption that's within its ranks. Well, I agree. Um, you know, it's a secret handshake clubs. Uh, Washington, D.C. is a religious city. It's as religious or more so even than the Vatican. And there's a cult that is running it. You can't get it into any high-ranking position, practically, without being part of the secret handshake club. Uh, uh, that's what Kennedy was warning about, uh, an insidious evil, uh, a cult of secrecy. And known and trusted because you're inside the club, you've made your oaths. Um, you know, the easy one is is the Masonic clubs, uh, the Washington Monument, the center of Washington, D.C. Uh, that all revolves around that, goes all the way back to the Founding Fathers. Yet even uh, with the Founding Fathers, uh, the Finney revival in the late 1700s, early 1800s, uh, Finney was praying to God, why aren't we having miracles like they had in Acts with healings and, and move of God? And, and the answer he got back was because uh, you're blended, you know, you're, you're a mixed religion. You, you share your church I, and I'm abbreviating here, but, uh, you know, with, with Lucifer, with Satan, and that, uh, uh, that, that you know, God's not going to bless that. It's the same as what happened in the Old Testament uh, when, when um, Ezekiel was caught up in the spirit, and he saw over the walls into the temple area where the high priests were cut off from the rest of the people. And there he saw the uh, monuments to the tower god, to Ashtaroth, uh, uh, essentially the same as the Washington Monument. And he saw uh, that the priests were turning their ass to the throne of God and bowing down to the rising sun. Well, that's Horus. That's the whole Osiris myth. Uh, the devil, you know, uses a bunch of different names, but this Babylonian uh, religion right there in plain sight, it had infiltrated uh, the uh, temple. And the practitioners had uh, um, were practicing uh, this other religion right there in plain sight. And uh, 
I was looking at the church here in, in downtown Kona the other day. And I've mentioned this to audiences before. It's a very hard thing. You know, the people that do the designs, the um, layouts for the churches and like that, uh, you know, where did the steeple come from? Oh, it's so we can put the bell up there and all that. And some people can see it from far away and all sorts of things. The reality is that's uh, this, um, whether you understand it or not, uh, going back even to what Finney was seeing back at the uh, founding of the country, um, the churches had been infiltrated by the secret handshake group, you know, worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God. And so in the midweek, you had Masonic uh, rituals and secret handshake groups meeting in the basement of the church. And then on Sunday, the pastor preaching up above, that's what Finney was doing. And he realized uh, God revealed to him that this was not of him and that you couldn't have that. And so he led many of the founding fathers uh, in renouncing, not just stopping, renouncing their alliance, their participation in the Masonic uh, uh, organization and rituals renouncing the devil and everything that was in it. And, and, and one of the things you got to remember in the 1800s, Pike uh, wrote the book, uh, Morals and Dogma. And in the book, Morals and Dogma, and he was uh, really considered to be the, you know, the highest Mason, you know, authority uh, in the Americas in that period. Uh, he wrote, uh, right in the middle of the book, he writes, um, let there be no doubt that the God whom we serve is Lucifer. And he had a uh, apparition or figure of, of a demon, really, the devil himself, who gave him much of the knowledge that he had. And so he said he wrote, uh, this was the green man. Why green? Well, uh, the serpent hid amongst the green leaves of the trees, chameleon-like, uh, to get to Eve and uh uh, beguile her. Uh, Pike said that in honor of this green apparition spirit man, he wrote Morals and Dogma in green ink in honor of that spirit. Um, and uh, uh, so if it's Lucifer, and he's being very clear as a you know, chief mason that it's Lucifer, then how come we have all of these churches uh, where uh, I had one near one of my uh, uh, houses at a, a spot on the water. It was a beautiful place. That I just loved for quite a few years. And uh, um, that uh, down the street was a church and uh, it would, you know, have services and everything from the neighborhood. And then on the right on the side of the church, uh, big sign, uh, you know, for the masonry meetings, uh, you know, on Wednesdays, you know, at such and so time and, uh, you know, get a brother Mason to invite you type of thing. Ask a Mason, you know, uh, if you want to join beautiful, clean, spectacular thing, uh, uh, big tower, uh, sitting off the front of the church. Well, what's, what's the point of that tower? Because that's the Washington monument. That's the Asherah tower. That's the tower of God symbology that was inside the Holy of Holies that Zechariah or that Ezekiel saw 
uh, when he was caught up in the spirit. It's a blended religion. And so um, uh, in the Osiris myth, uh, Osiris was killed by his brother Set. They were twins. It's a reversal. They like reversals of the Cain versus Abel story. And in this one, the good brother kills the bad brother. So Set kills his twin brother, chops him into 14 pieces, and then being a god, he runs all over the earth and throws him, you know, scatters him around the world so he can't come back together. But the mom, Isis, hello, uh, she runs out, gathers all the pieces uh, and assembles them, attaches them together, but she's missing one. Uh, the 14th piece was his penis, and so a fish had eaten it, supposedly, according to the legend. So she fashions a penis, a dildo out of stone, attaches it to his dead corpse, has sex with the dead corpse. I mean, these people are sick, literally. I'm, I'm very serious. Uh, this is very satanic, Luciferian. She has sex with the dead corpse and becomes pregnant, and then she has a resurrected Osiris in the form of this child who's now born as the sun god Horus. Um, and then to memorialize that uh, event, they have the uh, uh, penis uh, memorialized as this, you know, Ben Ben stone, this, this uh, uh, obelisk. And uh, that gets put all over the place to memorialize their God. For, for the occultists, uh, the people in this hidden religion, um, this Osiris worship, uh, Horus worship, the obelisk or the penis is as important to them as the cross is to us because that was the death and resurrection of Osiris, born again. Um, uh, and by the way, you know, when you look at that, Think about the imagery. Um, it's a dead corpse mated with, uh, you know, rock, granite, stone. Um, what do we make computer chips out of? Uh, silicon chips. Uh, uh, we talk about a silicon life form, a, a computer that uh, comes to life type of thing. This mating of artificial intelligence with um, biological uh, uh, arguably that stone is like the silica that we make our uh, chips out of. And so you saw the first satanic Luciferian um, instance showing that somehow, you know, some type of eternal life through um, the chip, the AI, the artificial intelligence, the ghost in the machine in that symbology. And remember, you're dealing with entities, beings that are, ancient of days, very, very ancient. How can you keep up with the devil um, when he knows every scripture frontwards and backwards? He tempted Christ using scripture. You think you're going to outthink the devil? Are you kidding me? You're not going to outthink the devil. He, uh, you know, he knows that stuff inside out. You need divine assistance, intelligence, to bring that to naught, all the wisdom of men, all the wisdom of these dark entities, uh, we even put Christ to the death on the cross. And then uh, they thought they had him. They were laughing with glee and Christ resurrected, uh, defeating uh, sin and death, uh, overturning that. Uh, you know, how do you think the devil and his whole crew felt about that? They didn't see that coming. They didn't understand it. They were darkened in their uh, perceptions. Same thing for us. 
here. There's a lot of people that think that it's over for America, that uh, we're, we're observing the last days of America were about to be destroyed. God himself will not allow that because there is a remnant in land. Uh, uh, there may be a lot of problems in America, but there is a remnant in the land. And uh, even in the churches, just like with Finney, um, recognizing that the steeple was really just an asterisk, a uh, symbol to the tower god, and then putting a, a cross on top of it. It's a blended religion. The Masonic services in the middle of the week and the Christian services on Sunday. And the people fooled uh, with what they're doing. Uh, our nation, uh, supposedly a Christian nation, but at the very center of the federal city, a monument to a occult, wicked, evil god. Osiris was said to be the most wicked of all the gods, the most evil, the, that hated humans the most. And so you have a tower dedicated to him. Oh, we call it the Washington Monument. It's about George Washington. No, it isn't. It's about... Uh, uh, a monument to Osiris, and it's at the very center of our federal city. Um, uh, we're going to have to overturn all of that. In fact, the last thing, just about the very last thing that Trump did and some of what he uh, presented uh, or did before he left office, one of the things that was done was if Washington, D.C. becomes uninhabitable for any reason, it set up the guidelines for finding a location for a new federal city or federal locations that uh, the work of the federal city can be conducted from and uh, for the transfer of federal um, agencies uh, to other places, uh, anticipating exactly where we're at. Um, the federal government is out of control and um, we're going to see the pulling back of those federal authorities. Trump said we're going to reduce the number of federal employees by half when he comes back to power. Uh, clearly, he has a plan and others are involved in that. Uh, why is he being opposed so heavily uh, from these federal agencies, including the Pentagon, including uh, these three-letter agencies? Because he's going to come in there and, and uh, decimate their ranks. He's going to do what Kennedy said he was going to do. Uh, of, you know, the CIA was creation uh, through an executive order by Truman. Truman, uh, after Kennedy was assassinated, asked the question, was that CIA that did that? Uh, I fear that we've created some kind of a monster here. Yeah, I'm abbreviating uh, because they, they were most likely behind this. So uh, you had plenty of officials and uh presidents, uh, things that Nixon said, uh, and later uh, Trump even, uh, looking at the rest of the documents that haven't been released yet. Trump said it's so um, egregious he couldn't do it to the American people. He couldn't release it yet. It's just too uh, horrid. You have federal agencies, three-letter agencies that are behind a lot of the crimes against America, supposedly to manage the American people, um, ultimately to bring us into compliance with these federal um, actions that uh, uh, will blend into this globalist uh, um, uh, authority uh, that they want to bring into into being. And those, those federal agencies, those federal appointees, 
are looking forward to being part of this new world order and having their place there. So they've picked a side, picked a lane that they believe that they're, you know, going to be part of and protected in what's coming. Well, Juan, it's interesting. One of the things that I think a lot of people are asking and is how his pathway is to office, considering how corrupt the election system is. And I, I think, but we've, there's a lot of questioning and even doubt that there can be any sort of true vote at this point in time, because we really haven't seen much changed in the election system. We massive reveals, and it's increasingly no question that there's a major corruption. But what do you see as his pathway to getting elected with, that, with the measure of corruption we're dealing with? Well, uh, uh, some of the data that's still coming forth and being borne out uh, is showing just exactly what the corruption was in the vote and the the um, personnel in those three-letter agencies. When I mentioned that there is uh, tribunals happening, um, you know, since I've got four people out of the intelligence community that I know they're on tribunals somewhere, and we have no idea what, what it is that they're on, but I mean, I've never heard of anybody that I ever had contact with that was ever on a tribunal prior to this. And then uh, that they're somewhere on a tribunal. Um, uh, what could be presented in that forum that would then provide the rest of the knowledge that would confirm uh, foreign interference in the election? This, uh, this isn't about just election fraud in the way the vote was counted or signatures or, or stuff like that. Uh, was there foreign complicity action, act of war to um, change the outcome of the election? That's what Radcliffe specifically said three days before his report was due. Now, why did he even say anything publicly? He said that three days before the report was due on December 15th, because it was like a plea going out to Congress and to the rest of the officials at some certain level. And by the way, the guy's locked up in Cheyenne Mountain and a hundred other facilities like it uh, throughout the NORAD system. Um, to let everybody know that uh, the information was that there was Chinese interference in the election, not just somebody, Chinese interference in the election. And um, that was a uh, shot across the bow to Congress to yard in, call in those agency heads and, uh, you know, do an investigation. On what basis does the FBI's head believe he's authorized, has the legal right to block information from going to the commander in chief, from, from going to... Uh, Congress. Congress should have immediately called an emergency session uh, hearings to hear testimony from those agency heads concerning what they had and uh, uh, closed door, open door, both, uh, why they believed that they were protecting America, on what basis were they protecting the American people, on what legal basis were they um, subverting an executive order from 
the uh, commander in chief. And they didn't. Why? Because they wanted the outcome. They knew that uh, the fix was in. So they were um, assisting uh, China in uh, getting the outcome that uh, uh, was wanted. Radcliffe said China interfered in the election. It couldn't be clearer. Uh, Congress didn't want to do any investigation. Those agency heads were insubordinate. In a wartime condition, uh, that's treason. That's traitorous. That's um, uh, aiding the enemy. Uh, and so uh, those hearings didn't happen then. They will happen and may, in fact, be uh, the groundwork being laid with what was it that we know about inside those agencies uh, with the whistleblowers or people that have actually been uh, arrested uh, uh, or giving witness testimony. You can have a tribunal where you haven't even arrested anybody yet, but you're taking evidence and getting ready for arrest. So they could be taking whistleblowers behind the scenes and getting evidence information um, on the way to doing arrests. And when that happens, it'll be epic. Uh, you know, injustice, even military justice, the wheels of justice grind slow, but they grind fine, grind fine. And even in the long delay, uh, I think you're seeing um, – uh, crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's, because the ramifications are so great. Rather than have it appear to be a coup in America, um, it's something much different. And by the way, I don't. You ask me, you know, how, what's Trump's path back to power? Uh, unlike most of the other people out there, I don't believe they want Trump back in power visibly uh, anytime soon. You've got a uh, financial collapse yet ahead. You've got a Cuban Missile Crisis type event yet ahead uh, sooner than the financial fully and some of the other things. So when that happens, um, if, let's just say, hypothetically, Trump came back into power tomorrow, those events would be blamed on Trump. If he hadn't come in, if he hadn't done this and that, you know, we would never have had these crises. Uh, the reality is, is that the people who engineered their puppet Biden or the image of Biden into office and have kept him there for their purposes, they're going to have to own what they've done. They're going to have to own uh, the situation that they've placed America in. And uh, uh, the American people have to see the people that, that did uh, throw a, a fake election and the consequences of that see them as the guilty party. You know, when, uh, when I was growing up, you still had a lot of the older folks that had lived through the Depression, uh, and even parents who, you know, grew up in the Depression. And they had a different way of viewing everything, money, everything. And, you know, you'd see that, you know, they'd save everything. You know, they didn't throw anything away. Why? Because they lived through a time that was very, very, very uh, difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the old saying, uh, you know, uh, she's on the rag. Well, because uh, feminine products, there wasn't money for that. Uh, you, uh, it was a very desperate moment. And uh, people, even very well-to-do, high-profile people were struggling 
uh, you know, to stay viable. And so as we came back into, you know, a little bit more stability and prosperity in 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, they were still, they couldn't get it out of their system, out of their blood. This generation that we have right now with much more drama coming, we're far from through the worst of the drama here. We're just getting to the most epic parts, really. Uh, once they come through this and they see what's been done in their name with their tax dollars, they see these sit hidden secret handshake clubs and the way that they have administered uh, America and uh, uh, the infiltration even into the churches. Uh, they will be changed radically and they will not forget um, uh, and it, it will be, you know, societies go through these things every few generations, but it'll be a few generations before people forget again what's happened here. Um, and we're going through what's what other generations have had to go through. Uh, but I believe uh, with every fiber of my being that um, God's people are going to come through this and they're going to prevail decisively and you are going to get uh, justice back in America and that we are going to um, see these traitors uh, taken into custody and uh, their traitors actions revealed and those agencies that have been being used as tools by design created to corrupt our system from within uh, uh, clipped back radically and in some cases uh, wiped out and the the jobs farmed out into other agencies it'll it'll be completely churned where do you see fema coming into this and i ask this because during the spring it was really interesting progression of events president trump revealed all the cures from hcq to uh chlorine dioxide to even light therapy for blood and he did that with dhs snt in presence and then the media went on its mask mandate and the public swung to the media. Then two things happened that we've really never quite figured out. One is that he said he was going to have to make a decision that was going to cost a lot of lives. Never said anything more about that. And then FEMA was activated. So what do you make of that series of events? Well, again, um, when you look at uh, what President Trump said about uh, vaccine, um, uh, of course, we had uh, Operation Warp Speed, and that was to get the vaccine out as quickly as possible and uh, be able to open up society. All of the medical experts were saying that until we have a vaccine, we've got to stay with these lockdowns and the masks. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way. So that was so programmed in, not just in America, but around the world for travel, communications, uh, stores, etc. You know, I, here in Hawaii, I'm just shocked even now at the number of stores that are closed down uh, that, you know, died during the whole COVID thing. And I, I, I would say might not even be out of line to say 20, 25% are still closed and never coming back. Uh, that commerce, that industry, that ability to make a living uh, gone forever. And uh, uh, so when we had the uh, uh, 
Operation Warp Speed, it was said that when we have a vaccine, we'll be able to open things back up again. Originally, they were going at a plodding pace, super slow, that might take, you know, you know, many reports, you know, it's going to be sometime in 2025, if ever, that we, you know, that we'd be changed forever. We'd never even get off the masks potentially and, and never do business again the same way uh, to close down America and, and the way we operate and around the world. Uh, Trump said you can't force anybody to get the shot and, and talked about other options that were there. And uh, lots of people, myself, many doctors, you know, we did uh, uh, large Zoom calls with millions of views with uh, key medical people and legal people talking about the fact that um, the shot was contraindicated, that it was dangerous, that uh, you just don't want to do this, and also that it wasn't legally, they couldn't force you to get it. Uh, uh, even for employment like that, you had, you know, large groups of, uh, you know, police officers and firemen in the unions in California that did lawsuits, you know, uh, you can't force us to get the shots. We had uh, military uh, special forces uh, SEALs that did huge lawsuits in the court system against being forced to get the shot. And uh, it was a fight, but you had to do it because you couldn't let yourself be damaged with this horrible thing. Now, with that said, um, uh, you know, a lot of people did because they wanted to travel, they wanted to be open, they wanted to whatever. And so they went ahead and got the shot anyway because it was a matter of convenience and they didn't think, you know, I've had plenty of vaccines and I've never had a problem mentality. And, uh, but this was something different. So what Trump did is he, he made it clear that he would never have mandated it that there were options, but he uh, turned into the uh, direction of the threat. The The movie that's uh, cited in, that I talk about a number of times is uh, The Hunt for Red October. And in The Hunt for Red October, the sub with the crew that wants to defect uh, uh, and the, the commander, Ramius, they're... Uh, on this sub and a, and a Russian attack sub has raced into the area and found them and fires torpedoes at them. When they know that the torpedoes are coming, and you know, these things are fired from, you know, 15,000 yards, you know, uh, miles and miles away and even longer, um, by far 30,000 yards. Uh, so, six, eight, 10 miles away, potentially. Uh, in this particular situation, um, the captain, Ramius, turned at the torpedoes that were fired at him, and then he increased speed, and he went faster. He went to flank speed, and then he went to 110%, and then he went to 115% with the reactors, which meant that they were going faster than the recommended maximum speed. But it was a life and death situation. And he was racing right at the torpedoes and the, and the crew that's on the boat is like, what, what are you doing? You're insane. And uh, you're going right at the death. Well, what the deal is in the old days uh, and even still currently, uh, torpedoes could leave the tube and you could have a fin that was not fully deployed. It might not go straight. You could have uh, you know, a prop that's not working right or something. 
And so the, the torpedo might go in a great big, huge circle. It might uh, lose the target that was going after and then reacquire you, uh, searching for the target, and come back and kill you. So what they did is they put safeties inside the uh, torpedoes where it had to go through so many revolutions of the prop and had to go a certain distance and before it would arm. It had to go further than, you know, halfway. It had to go, you know, three quarters of the way, 80% of the way. And then it would arm just in the last short distance before it got to the target. And that way it would uh, go outside the range to come back and kill you. And so in this Red October moment, uh, the captain raced closer, closed the distance, and got sa- inside the arming range that uh, where the torpedoes would then go live and be able to actually blow up. When the torpedoes hit the sub, they just broke up because they hadn't armed yet. He closed the distance. When Trump raced Operation Warp Speed, and brought the vaccine out early with all of the complications of the vaccine. Uh, the people of the country, the people of the world have been programmed that you have to have a vaccine in order to go back to normal, reopen society, find any semblance of normality in your life moving forward. And uh, so within that programming, that understanding, he raised a vaccine to the public and then uh, knew that a lot of people were gonna be hurt, damaged, but that the numbers were, you know, we're at war. The numbers are what they are. A lot of people say, well, why didn't Trump just say, we're not gonna do this, we're not gonna do that, whatever, because you've been going against the momentum that was out there in the rest of the whole world. And this has been gamed out on AIs, on on computers, uh, looking at societal reaction and uh, the way that society works, you'd have, you'd have actually probably killed more people trying to fight it than going right at it. Now, the next time around, uh, they'll take the safeties off, which is what they did. Uh, They pulled all the safeties in a relevant related area, which was election 2020. Um, They could not let Trump win another uh, term. Uh, all of their plans had been so screwed up. The timing had been thrown off so far. They needed to get back on the mark. And so they pulled all the safeties, everything, to win the election. And, of course, they had the drop boxes and the, the legacy of the COVID, et cetera. But they went to an extreme that was so great that now we, you know, we got them. And that's understood. And so now... You have these uh, investigative tribunals going on, looking at the evidence and uh, ferreting out all the various participants and the extent of their participation. And uh, within that kind of an arena, that kind of an understanding, now you're um, uh, getting ready for some type of military intervention. And uh, when that happens, I don't believe that it's immediately made clear that Trump's president or commander in chief or anything like that. Uh, he's there in this particular situation only for nuclear and beyond. Uh, they did not transfer authority on nuclear command to Biden. Um, 
and they couldn't because the guys in the mountain they were you know when the, when the the whole thing started uh it was march 13th of 2020 that uh, president trump declared a national emergency related to COVID, and we began all the shutdown it was march 15th of 2020 where trump um visited cheyenne mountain and uh sealed up the mountain said it may be that we've already been attacked it may be that we're already at war and don't realize it yet uh, with the COVID, which he had declared a national emergency two days earlier, and, and all eyes were looking at China. Uh, therefore, out of an abundance of caution, we're going to close up the mountain, sealed it up under a wartime setting as though we had been attacked. Uh, and that was still that way when the election happened. Uh, based on that, the guys inside the mountain for nuclear command and beyond could not uh, uh, accept a transfer of power where there was a question on whether or not uh, uh, the election was conducted uh, properly. And when the director of national intelligence, Radcliffe, came out and said there was Chinese interference and we have insubordination on the part of agency officials, he says that out in the open, it was a shot across the bow for the guys in the mountain. They cannot pass nuclear command and control uh, uh, based on, you know, non-compliance with an executive order of the commander in chief. There's insurrection taking place. Um, and so then when you had Congress certify the vote on January 6th without the benefit of any of the intelligence from the Homeland Security System, that was also a violation of their oaths, but it was also um, aiding and abetting the enemy because if China interfered in the election and you're going to certify it anyway and you haven't got the benefit of the investigative material, then you're not protecting the Constitution, which is the contract between the citizens and its government. Uh, you're not protecting the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that may be there. Therefore, nuclear command couldn't be passed. Now, moving forward from this point, um, would uh, a transfer or a, a action by the military based on information from the uh, uh, intelligence area tribunals, uh, contractors, or even officers, and I think it's more contractors, most of the work is done by contractors. Uh, would that information at some point become sufficient to then go out and arrest public officials uh, uh, related to their collusion with foreign governments? on false stories. Yes, actually it could, including all 51 of those uh, intelligence agency personnel who knowingly participated in a political uh, action using their present past authorities uh, in the intelligence community to say that this was Russian. Uh, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop was a classic Russian disinformation campaign to throw the election. Uh, but more importantly, maybe the Hillary stuff, et cetera. At some point, that information may be sufficient. When it happens, it wouldn't be so much that they put Trump back in power, but there would be some process to have military control and then declare that the election could not be relied on, and therefore uh, Trump remains president. He can't pass the baton, and then there would be a public recognition that he uh, is 
uh, remaining as the commander in chief, not the president. There wouldn't be reinstitution of Pence, for example. There's no vice commander in chief, um, and uh, that uh, Trump would then be recognized, not reinstated, recognized as the continuing uh, commander in chief. Now, there's a lot of people that want to say that he is doing a lot of activities already there. There is, you know, uh, the suitcase following him, if you will, and, and other things. Uh, it's a fight between both sides on this issue, um, but he's not uh, operating the government. Uh, uh, there's a military aspect to that, that there's um, directives in place that allow for continuity in government, um, COG, uh, in certain situations, those are safeties. And in certain situations where it reaches the right level are triggered. Uh, the border situation is one of the things that uh, easily triggers uh, a continuity in government type of thing, you know, uh, power between elected administrations. Uh, but uh, there's, there's a lot in play there. You know, start getting in the weeds and you lose people. The reality is you're about to see massive drama um, continuing to play out. At, I think it takes most of the rest of the year. Now, the, the other thing about the timing arc, it's always been going to be in the fall. Could have been the last uh, couple of falls. But um, you can see things are ramping up to a level now that uh, it's hard to imagine it going on for another year and a half uh, till the brink of the 2024 election. But uh, we're a big country. Uh, it's, it may look like it's over even with what's going on on the border like that. Uh, we're bigger and uh, a lot more resilient than a lot of people think. It's a hell of a fight, but, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine it going past this fall, but it's always been a fall event, falls for harvest. We kind of wrap this up with a, get your thoughts on this. You and I have talked about this. This is really a spiritual war at the end of the day. We're dealing with a dark Luciferian order that's really trying to destroy truly what's God's creation and God's children. I am of the strong belief that a lot of this fight in the longer term is going to be won by the return of really the miracles of, of the living God. And it means like true healing, the undeniable presence of what that means in faith. And that's going to spark a deeper and more passionate revival as a Christian nation that I think the world has ever seen. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, you mentioned it uh, with uh, praying for rain down on the border um, and then seeing just this massive, unexpected, heavy torrent of rain to slow down the invasion. Um, I asked uh, groups last year to uh, go out to uh, Curry Blake's church out there in uh, Dallas, Texas, and, and attend some of the uh, uh, healing uh, training seminars based on John G. Lake's uh, ministry back at the, uh, the 20s and 30s of the 1900s. And uh, um, uh, you know, think about Curry Blake out there at Dominion Church. Um, he's not Elvis from the pulpit. Uh, he's got kind of a dry sense of humor. Um, he's uh, a very just the facts, ma'am, nuts and bolts. Here's what the scripture says. Here's, you know, examples how it's done. Uh, has some just amazing um, testimonies of healings and things like that. But they don't 
bring people there for one person to minister healing with the gift of healing. Every person in that church is expected to go out uh, and do the same thing. And they teach them, you know, what the scripture says, what their authorities are over, uh, you know, God gave the earth and everything that was in it to Adam without any precondition. Uh, through sin, the devil usurped it. God gave authority over everything that creeps and crawls and moves upon the earth to Adam. It's our earth and everything on it's under our control. And that was um, usurped by Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the green man, Samael, goes by a thousand names, exhibits both as male and female, Isis. Uh, and, but we have dominion over the earth and everything that's in it not the other way around. The devil doesn't have dominion over us. I mean, even look at the vote machines. Who would who would use that name? What's the significance? I'd like to tell you what they're doing right in plain sight. It's to dominate us through a stolen vote. Okay? Uh, but, uh, you know, the way the vote's counted, who gets to count the vote? You know, uh, like Stalin said, you know, it's not... Uh, controlling the vote it's you know uh, who counts the vote <laughs> and uh so with all that in mind um there's a lot of fake stuff you know just because you have a church and everything's in it it's just like the church here in kona you know you look at it it's got the spire with a cross at the top but it's got the windows that are the masonic windows with the curved top and the uh uh compass uh uh roof just like the white house does you ever look at the windows on the side of the white house because it's masonic imagery and then you got the big phallic symbol the the uh george washington monument uh which is you know to uh osiris uh it's a great big penis right in the middle of the city and then we have what the oval office these people are nuts they're kooks they're sex fiends they're they're asinine insane and that's who's running your country with all their imagery. Oh, no, but it's a beautiful, you know, and, and, and they, they make the trains run on time and, and they bring order out of chaos. And so this chaotic system we're in and then they bring order for it. Bullshit. Uh, there is a, uh, you know, those pilgrims that came here. I was out there at uh, Plymouth uh, Beach uh, where the pilgrims landed uh, uh, 400 years ago. And... Uh, uh, last summer, they came here to get away from these bloodline uh, families that rule by right of blood uh, relationship, who they, you know, who they were born to. Uh, they came here for freedom of religion. Um, this country is un in the grip of something horrible, and yet there is a remnant here in the land that is looking to God for our protection uh, moving forward to, uh, as a Christian nation. We're a captured operation with what's going on uh, out of D.C., this federal city. Uh, I believe that's all going to be uh, overturned and uh, ground to powder. And we're going back to uh, states' rights uh, with far less federal uh, uh, you know, the, the authorities, of the feds have been turned inward when it was supposed to be turned outward to protect us from external enemies. And then the, the policing and the presidential authorities turned inward like a police chief to control the operation of the country internally uh, based on the Constitution, things like that. 
and then to provide a united front externally. The state's rights, just like Reagan tried to do, returning uh, authority back to the states to make decisions to connect themselves. That's what's coming for America. Uh, we're headed for this, the real storm, which is uh, overturning an out-of-control federal government, uh, uh, bringing it to heel and restoring states' rights, and then that religion that is running the country from the federal level and dominating us uh, being broken and those secret uh, handshakes and society controls over America, including these globalista with their World Economic Forum, their Davos crowd, their uh, little secret globalista handshakes and those families that have been controlling America from the inside out on the money and, and off politicians and getting things in place, such as a, a monetary system that isn't constitutional based on fiat paper, uh, that we're going to see all of that broken. And uh, it'll take time. It's not going to be instant. Some of it will happen very quickly. Um, but uh, within a matter of just a very short period of time, even the people, you know, all the people being brought into the country illegally and then given IDs and, and income, et cetera, uh, stealing our sovereignty, stealing our citizenship and giving it away uh, like it's theirs to give, that being pulled back. And it can actually happen fairly quickly. It, it doesn't mean it has to take years and years and years. 90% of it can happen in a matter of months. And uh, uh, we'll make it easier for those people to want to return home as opposed to sit here and wait for asylum. Uh, that's coming. No, it's good. It's good. Well, while we always close with a prayer, I'm going to ask if you'd like to lead the prayer today. Sure, sure. Father God, there's so much, so many moving parts going on here out across our nation and the world. Uh, we're sensitive to the fact that you, uh, you're the one that raises up nations and brings them down. No nation ever uh, came into being without your uh, seeing it, knowing what was going on. You preside over these things. And no nation is taken down without your eye on it. We pray that you would uh, look upon America and that you would uh, forgive us for what's transpired here, the ways that we're off track, and that you would restore us to right relationship with you as a nation, as a people. Uh, help us to get control over those institutions and the people in those institutions that are seeking to enslave us and then to divert our energies, our uh, national um, uh, system uh, to their purposes uh, in very Luciferian ways that you would give us uh, guidance as we seek to take back authority over our country, its operation, our government, uh, and put godly people into power, people that will honor um, uh, justice and truth in the way that we administer our country. And that once we have regained control of our country and our government and our resources, um, the work of our hands, not as slaves, but as free men, 
that you would help us then to go out to the rest of the world and help them likewise to be free uh, uh, of Satan, Lucifer, the devil, and his ways, and uh, not to be our brother's keeper, but to be our brother's brother out across the world according to your will. I pray for every person in this audience that you would make provision for them, that you would give them uh, a word from you, personal guidance from you about the conduct of their life and these next many months and years uh, so that they can be a light within their own household and uh, where they work, where they live, uh, as we retake control of the helm of the ship of state uh, to do good according to your will and not evil. Uh, ask you for health for every member of this audience and that you would give each person personal knowledge and understanding of their authorities as a child of Adam, uh, restored to right relationship with you by the blood of Christ uh, at the cross uh, so that they may walk free, healthy, and with confidence moving forward uh, to do your will, uh, your way. We ask all this in Jesus' name by the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Juan. So you need to send me a picture of your boots and your hat. There, I'm, I'm wearing right now. People think, you know, you don't wear your boots over Hawaii. No, I was up at the ranch the other day and, uh, you know, fit right in. Loved it. Uh, I, I really enjoy it here. Uh, uh, people don't realize you've got uh, a couple of working ranches here uh, in Hawaii. I have a friend with one over in Maui, and then there's the Parker Ranch over here in, in uh, Big Island. And uh, I, I really, really enjoy uh, enjoy the islands you know it's it's changed so much over the last many years but uh, i really love the, the islands so a lot of cowboys here in hawaii people don't know that it's true it is true well Juan, i really want to thank you for the time today it's been a great discussion and uh, look forward to having this up and have people hear it and i wish you the best and the continued safe travels yeah for sure uh, i had some beautiful meetings over here the last few days and uh, this is kind of a good uh, intermediate spot for people coming from other parts of the world. And so this worked and I, uh, was very fortunate to get a few days free here. And, um, so yeah, love it. All right. Well, God bless you, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Super. Talk soon. Well, Patriots, that was Juan Osaven part two into the two part series. You know, Juan's a contentious character. I love reading the comments and chat because there's always people that are like, why should I trust him? I've been hearing this forever, trust the plan. Juan's never said trust the plan. That's one of the reasons I respect him. I've had a lot of conversations with Juan over a couple of years. No one really knows who he is. I've even met Juan. I met him at the Ted Nugent concert. I met him with Shemaine and Ted there. So who is he? No one knows. Does he have a lot of knowledge, an immense amount of knowledge about how the deep state and the Luciferian order works? And that's valuable because there's not many people that can at least give us an insight, even if it's not 100% of how they think and how they operate. And that's one of the big things that we have done a very poor job of in this entire movement is to appreciate the enemy, know your enemy. And we don't really, we don't know them well. We don't understand what drives them. And worse yet is we get impatient. As a people, we sort of be like, well, that's ridiculous. That's not what the truth is. The truth of how you see it when you deal with an enemy like this is absolutely irrelevant when you're trying to understand this enemy. You need to get in their head and understand what they're willing to do and what and what they are willing to die for. And frankly, I've said this before, and it's always going to upset somebody. 
They have a greater belief in their two-bit God than we have a trust and belief in ours. That's a true statement. They give completely their life to what that process is, and they know that we're weak within our God. And that's a sad statement to say. Juan provides a lot of that context. He's got some interesting perspectives. He's not been right on a lot of things, but that's not the point. And I'm really making this clear here. I bring people to this show to provide a greater context of what we're dealing with. There's a lot of voices, and I don't bring people here to make everybody happy. I don't make everybody happy with the things I say. And I have a lot of opinions on how things are, and I have a lot of those opinions based on a well-informed background that brought me to this place that God brought me to this place to speak. And there's a lot of things that most Americans don't have an optic on. They have no idea how the government works because they haven't been inside the bowels of DOD. They have no concept of what it is to move a nation of 330 million people in a different direction. They don't appreciate the power of the information war, the deep program, the MK Ultra, the types of things that have brought us to the cusp of total loss by our own free will. Q program. It's a real program. The Q followers, they're a worship cult. And I've made that distinction very clearly. But Q was a critical part in stimulating people's thought process. President Trump, love him or hate him, he is, a, he is an absolute shaker of things. He's a disruptor. He brought attention to the media. He showed people how big of a movement we have. All of these things are important. And there's a lot of people out here that I don't agree with. But the thing is, it is also a point of paying attention to the bigger context of things, doing your own research, looking both at the granular and the strategic. And when we get to those places and you start to see things plug in, and you start to see how someone's ideas fit in. And then someone says, well, how do we know this is right or wrong? I can tell you that much of what Juan's presented here has very reasonable and grounded approach to where the trajectory of things are going. Why? Because I have the same conclusions without talking to him. That's based on my own research. So do your research. It's important. Continue to do your research. Question everything. Don't trust the government. Don't give an open blind trust to the military. These are things right now that should be native to everybody. Don't be posting stuff like this on YouTube and then complaining that YouTube flags you. I mean, these are the sorts of things we're talking about right now. This is an information war primarily. And it's all about, at the end of the day, elevating up truths and cutting through a massive wall of deception. And both sides are playing deception. And there is no golden chalice here. Neither, neither side is leading us to the, the golden era. There is a better direction than the other, and there's the ultimate direction, which is we the people. But the reality is most Americans are not ready to live free, to live sovereign, and to do as the Constitution says we should. Most Americans still want someone else to fix it for them. And until we break that cult thinking, we're going to be caught in a lot of these OODA loops. So I appreciate you being here tonight. Continue to research, dig, question, seek the truth. That's the biggest thing always. And the plan, by the way, it's us, always has been. Us with, the most important part of that plan, is our trust and belief in Father God, through Christ to the Father. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price 
bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words 
In God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.